Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'd like to introduce Lou and Sherry of the Lou Everett Group, known for their highly effective coaching, teaching, and speaking on the importance of personal growth and how it impacts our influence as a leader. With more than four decades of combined experience in training, coaching, and leadership, they have also received training and mentoring from well-known and successful coaches and teachers from the likes of Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, John Maxwell, Jack Canfield, Paul Martinelli, and our certified leadership coaches and corporate trainers. Would you please welcome the owners of Lou Everett Group, Lou Everett and Sherry McManus. Yeah, hey, Jane. Thanks for coming today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate that. Oh, this is great. And, you know, I, I love what you're talking about, about the importance of personal development. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. what, what does that mean to you? Because everybody's got kind of their own, their own thing about what personal development means. So what does it mean to you? What is kind of a, it's, it's funny how those, that, those words can be a little sticky for some people, you know, exactly. you know, especially, especially in the leadership role and leadership roles, who wants to admit that they're, that they're working on themselves. Right. It's a, but, but it's, but it's, for me, it's, it's, a, it comes right down to one thing. And I'm sure, and I know Sherry will probably incorporate what she says, cause she's, she, she has a, a lot of good, a good take on this, but you know, we talk about this a lot where you can only give at the level of your own growth. Right. So if, if you're limited on where you are, whether it just as in general as a person, but especially as a leader, you can only, you can only give that much. So if you want to give more, you want to lead more, you want to be your team to become better. You want people that you're around to become better. Well, you've got to become better yourself first because you don't know what you're, what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you can't give that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about, we like to use that, that uh, present, right? You, you, and you have this beautiful present that you wrapped up and the beautiful bow and then you never give it you just never <laughs> give it to the person mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you yeah. just kind of order it to yourself yeah, just gotta order it to yourself you know <laughs> there's so much that we have in our own person that other people need mm-hmm. sometimes we don't know what that is and the way we know that we'll find out what that is is by personal growth more but more more along the line of taking an inventory of who we are and identifying the areas in which we can become better. Mm-hmm. Because once we become better, we have the ability now to help other people become better. Right. Especially if you're a leader. And that, that comes in all different forms. Right. The reality of it is, Jane, is that <laughs> we're the only living being, us humans, the only living being on this planet that will stunt our own growth. There's nothing else that's living that does that. Trees don't do that. Plants don't do that. It's always external environments and external things that cause their growth to be stunted. But we tend to do it on purpose. We don't even realize it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the things I like to say is we're the lid on what everyone around us 
can do. That's it. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, if your company is not performing at the level that you wanted to perform, you got to start with looking at yourself. That's right. (laughs) Right. You know, that's so hard because it's, it's so, it's so much more fun to blame everybody else. Of course. Yeah. 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 And that's where the ego comes in. Right. You know, and ego, we, we want to clarify that not all ego is in the negative limelight we need, as we, we, see. Need, we need that we need that push we need that drive yeah. and, and, and it's a positive however when you know we see a business suffering and your people become you know more um siloed and not working together i mean all the stuff that is in the negative category you know you have to really look back as as that leader or you know that privilege of hey i'm i'm looking over people it doesn't even have to be your title mm-hmm. uh, to, to really look at it going okay what's happening here right and it's so easy again of those external factors at all times oh it's so easy to be like well they're just not the right fit mm-hmm. and take a look at yourself mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing right it's the, you know it's just this that's where that 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 ego can come in and that pride and just be like well I, you know i can do it why can't they do it right yeah, and yeah. you know and that's where the struggle is and and that's why working with organizations for us particularly is at least having the awareness and at least having a people-centric mindset is so key mm-hmm. um than an organization that's just like, well, this is my way or the highway. We've been there. We both have been in spaces that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we've been successful. The business has been successful, but at what cost? Right. Um, what cost are you are to and and suffering your people? Uh, it's just amazing of how that's still going on to this day, and and that's why we're we're very passionate on on um, you know pr- to be proactive in helping the the work toxicity that can happen in a culture that is not in a healthy way. Right. Right. And going back to what you said too, is, is, you know, you're right. It starts with the leader. It ends with the leader too. Mm -hmm. It all starts and ends with you as a leader. You know, that's uh, one of, that's the first principle in our empowerment system with the letter M. We our empowerment system starts with the M, not the letter E. We knocked that one off because it does start and end with you. And uh, (laughs) it is important, right? Yeah. 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 One of the definitions that I have really taken on and and started sharing through this podcast and and with my clients is that leadership is the art of motivating a group of individuals to accomplish. And you can say either your vision or a goal. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, it's your job to empower them. And you can only empower from where you are. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And you want them to do it. <laughs> you know, because they want to, right? right? Want to exactly. do it because they want to, not because they have to. Exactly. Yeah. You get a whole lot more productivity and oh, yeah. quality when people want to do it. So when they're empowered and they want to do it, mm-hmm. I mean, think about some of the places I know that you've been where that's been the culture. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like things are magical, isn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It, you, and you're absolutely hundred percent right. When you're in a culture of, of that growth mindset culture an empowerment culture where you're empowered to you were, you were brought in. Here's the reality of it, right. In business. Okay. I'm sure. And I have come from a long, long line of uh, long years of, of being in management and an executive level too, that the reality of it is, is what you empower people to do. They actually will do that. 
And, 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 and it's all a matter of, of how you, now it's just like taking a natural supplement, health supplement, right? Mm-hmm. It may not necessarily happen overnight, especially right. if your culture isn't that way already, but those that have had that culture can sustain that over a long period of time because people feel empowered. We hire people as a manager, you hire somebody in, what do you hire them in based on? Based on experience, based upon who they are, are they going to be a fit for the culture? But then you bring them in and what sense does it make to then all of a sudden say, you know, I don't really trust that you know what you're doing. <laughs> and then you begin to do these micromanagement things. Not, not to say that micromanaging is, is not always bad. Sometimes we have to do that with certain people. If we need to guide them, we coach, but I call that coaching and guidance, not micromanagement. And, um, and because you'll see that you'll see results, just like you said, Jane, it's all of a sudden people want to work. I had, a, I, I'll, I never, I'll never forget this. And there's the stories that I have, but the one particular story that I had is I was, I managed a group, a very small group of, of people. And uh, at, uh, at this time, and I had, uh, I was only managing them for, oh, probably two months. I had just gotten into this role. And I had one of the, one of my staff, one of the employees, one of the member of our team, and our one-on-one, because we always met and had a conversation. He said, you know, I have to tell you something. He says, you make me want to come to work. You make me want to come to work. And it, that is a very good feeling when you, as, as a leader, when your employees and those on your team want to work with you. These employees, that person in particular and others over the years that I've worked with, when as I grew as a leader, made a lot of mistakes too. But as I grew... They were, these are employees that would work on days that they weren't scheduled. They would work because they wanted to do these things. Mm -hmm. And that's what created that culture of, I believe in you. I know you can do this. You do an amazing job. As a matter of fact, I need you sometimes to help me. Right. And having that type of mentality really, truly empowers those that you lead and it can change things. Absolutely. Yeah. Jerry, I, I see you've got something to say there. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, he says it all sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, it goes both ways too, right? Yeah, it goes both ways. So I'm just like, you know. <laughs> you know and we, it all flows. You know, yeah, it all flows. And we, we practice what we preach. And we, you know, we really are out to, to help others and to reach um, and see the, re- again, everybody wants results, right? And that's, yeah. that's all we are. We are to help in any way that we can, because we have the, the talent and the resources and our passion that we can help in that realm. Uh, and, and to see that. Yeah. We've, got, we've got a toolbox. Yeah. We're, we're leadership ninjas. That's right. Open it. That's it. And it, it, it's all, and it is all about, it is all about that. Now here, here's the reality. And I, and I've mentioned this on podcasts we've been on and we talk about this a lot. I, I, let's, I don't want to misunderstand as a leader, the bottom line is important. Mm-hmm. Okay, metrics are important. Sales are important. You know, your numbers are important because you, as a leader, are responsible for those things, right? That is what what your leader has also been pushing <laughs> on you. What is where where's the results? So that is your responsibility. But remember, you took that responsibility. You accepted that responsibility, and frankly, sometimes the burden of being that leader. How you present the need to reach that bottom line to those that you lead is either going to make or break that team. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to make a difference. You can accomplish the bottom line in multiple ways, but are you going to do it in a way that's sustainable, that you're not going to lose your employees, that you're not going to create a toxic culture, that you're going to get productivity and results over long-term instead of short-term? And what would it be like if you had a group of, you, you had a team, 
And you were able to empower that team to hit those metrics and your team month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year is the only, is that team that not just hits, hits the benchmark, but exceeds the benchmark. Yep. That is what true leadership's all about is hitting the bottom line, but because they want to help you do it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And it's a whole different ball game when they're doing it because they want to do it. Yeah. And for the leader, I've, I've been with leaders that thought that the only way, you know, they, they come from the my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and once they can let go a little, you know, it's sort of like prying the fingers open and letting, let, supporting them to let go and share what it is that they're really out to create teams just flourish because everyone wants to be valued. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, it's, it's so true when it comes down to looking at it from that perspective. And here, here's the reality. Okay. I, I when I, in my career as a leader, especially starting out, that's how I was. Nobody, nobody trained me and nobody provided me the guidance and mentoring until I looked for it and realized I was hosing it up. Mm-hmm. So I was the, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is my way, or you can just get out. But there's, there's an opportunity to make a ch- an adjustment, a pivot. Why are you a leader? Because you have people to lead, yeah. right? Yeah. Without people, you have nothing to lead. Okay, you're a leader and you're put in that position, maybe because of your performance or your, your expertise or your experience or whatever it might be. But you were put in that position specifically because there are people that they expect you to lead and to gain results from. And you can do it one of two ways. You can do it your way and only your way. Mm-hmm. Or you can use resources and those resources are your people. Yeah. It's amazing how much I've learned by just listening to my, to those that I lead and say, Hey, listen, here is what we have been tasked to do. I would like to see what you think we can all do to make this task successful. So simple. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it takes a heavy responsibility off you as a leader because now you've got other people giving you suggestions mm-hmm. and there's so much more power in those numbers. And now all of a sudden you don't just have your idea. You have all these ideas and then they all have a part and a stake in making a decision on which way to go about doing this. Yeah. Ultimately you make the decision and you're the one who has to pay for that decision, but your presentation is, you're all making this call because now they're going to be vested in it. Now they're going to invest in making it happen. Such, I think you can sleep better at night, folks, if you do it this way. <laughs> you can. And you remove one more anxiety pill out of your diet. Right, right. And wake up refreshed in the morning, looking yeah. forward to going to work and yes. wondering what has been accomplished as opposed to Oh God, what didn't get accomplished? Right. What fires do I got to put yeah. out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that. There was a, I had a, one of my, uh, my direct reports manager, who, one of my leaders, uh, I was uh, one of my first major um, executive roles. He says, uh, you know, uh, he says, just, I want you to get ready for this. He says, um, you know, your, your job, basically you're going to be every day, just be putting out fires. That's just, that's what we do. And fortunately for me, I've had a lot of mentors along the way at that point. And 
And I said, well, why, why are you putting out fires as opposed to finding a way to prevent them? Why are we doing it this way? Um, but they, you get so accustomed to putting out fires and putting out fires and, st- and then instead of sitting back and saying, okay, what can we do here to prevent the fire from happening? Now, you're going to put out fires. There's going to be fires as a, as a leader. You're just going to have those occasionally. But you'd be proactive on some of those fires. <laughs> right. You have a team of people. Yeah. yeah. And you've got right. a team of people that you've built up and that love to work with you and that rely upon you. You rely upon them. And now there's this camaraderie. You've got an empower, empowered team. Oh. Guess what? They're all going to share the fire. They're all going to work together on this. Uh, exactly. And, and be successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an example that I share, you know, there are always emergencies in life, but there are really very few true emergencies. Yeah. Like you get the call from an employee, my car broke down. I can't make it to work. And then you find out, it's overdue for an oil change. The last time it was into the shop was, you know, a, two years ago. Their tires are bald. It's yep. like, no, that was not an emergency. <laughs> right, right. It was, it was a, a situation. Very, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we have those in at work oftentimes oh, yeah. too, where we're so focused. And I, I think you're right, though. We get focused on always putting fires out. And it takes something to step back and then pull that group together to go, we've had this same fire for the last three years. What can we do to put this out? Right. Right. What are we missing here? Yeah. What have we not done? Right. And, and that's what it, and that's what a leader does is especially through those types of things. You're going to have crisis. You're going to have things that come up that you need to address. I mean, think about it. The, 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 the leadership crisis that has occurred because of the of COVID and shutdown and all that other, well, we've, now we're going back and everyone's trying to rebuild, right? So now it's a, now we're in a whole different, whole different situation and a whole different, what I consider, we consider a crisis is the next crisis is rebuilding. Yes. Because now we've got workers. It's a new different mindset. It really yeah. needs to be. And the leaders need to understand that, mm-hmm. um, that there has to be a new mindset now the transition and this rebuilding phase. It's not how it was pre-COVID. It's just not. People have grown from it. People have gotten strength out of it. I mean, look all the positive things. Yes, there has been very negative things as well. And, you know, and so I empathize on that. However, there's been a lot of strength that has come out with a lot of people that they never thought was possible. Yeah. And, and as a leader, You've been, you've been telling your team how great they've done working remote. Right. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, everybody has to come back in the office because it doesn't work. Well, yep. what did we do for the last 14 months? <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, that, and, it's, and that's it. And, and employees now, um, and this is something that we came across just the other day with, with uh, one of our uh, connections is, and I even read this article, uh, employees are quitting and leaving companies at a rapid rate right now mm-hmm. and we got to think about this okay and if your company is in that situation let's sit back and think why we get wrapped up oh we got to get employees back in. okay but let, let's let's really think about this Here, here's a here's a great story that's a real story and it's not so great but i think it is a ceo of a big company 
This is a true story recently, actually, the, right during COVID, right during the shutdown, every one of his employees, the entire, I mean, this is a big company, and everyone from uh, five different states uh, all went remote, and they had to do it very quickly. Now, they did a very good job with doing it that way, and they became very successful doing it that way. And uh, they had the CEO pulled a you know, meeting with the entire company. So we're all doing this virtual meeting. They're all doing this virtual meeting. And the, in the virtual meeting, the CEO makes an announcement that they're so excited that they had just bought this huge piece of property to build this huge building so that everybody, when they return, can go right there in one location. And I thought to myself, wow, when I heard that story, I'm thinking, now, is that really the solution? As a matter of fact, a lot of the employees felt very very dejected because of it not only that not only because like well if this is working why are we spending the money as a company doing this yeah and uh so uh just remember as an employee and as an employer and as a leader what decisions that you make that perception on your employees can make a world of difference yeah and how they perceive you and what that culture is going to look like moving forward yeah yeah, because, and and what I hear is, I guess they just really don't value my time because I'm in the D.C. area, you know, mm-hmm. commuting here an hour, two hours. Yeah, that's a bear. On top of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, on top of yeah. your, your work and people have lives and you are taking two to four hours a day of their life yeah right with that commute yeah and that's and there's that what what the world calls and what the what the business world calls work-life balance becomes an issue Mm -hmm. uh sherry and i call it harmony Mm -hmm. work-life harmony and if in a situation like that, if it's been proven, right, that, hey, we can work. We've been successful working from, as a matter of fact, I don't know about you, Jane, when we own our own business, we work from home all the time. And always, we, I can't, if we had a brick and mortar place where we were working, we would not work as much, which right. is not a bad thing, but we, we have more productivity and we get more accomplished by having our work here. Now, not every, not every company can do that and every model is different. So we're not saying that, you know, that every company should be remote. <laughs> However, it's something that every leader needs to consider. Right. And I, we've seen a huge pivot. Even if you were to take a look in the, in the current job ads for, work, for, for working for, for jobs right now, but minus those that you also obviously have to be there to, to do physical labor and things like that. But the majority of the other, of those other jobs uh, professional related jobs yep. are give the either the option to work from home or the are full remote. They've opened up a whole new world. I mean, now you've got companies that are just they're established in New York and they only mm-hmm. stayed in New York, and now because of that, they can have employees from all over the country. Yeah, you're finding that there's more productivity available. <laughs> And there's talent too. There's lots of talent talent that they can pull for. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, there's legalities based on the, uh, you know, on the financials, just we've talked to, or like, you know, people are not thinking that because we weren't thinking that either. And then when you cross borders, there could be some tax issues and finances, which I would honestly, when, when my, our network shared that, I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. I was just so excited that we just, you know, got the borders down Mm -hmm. and was able to communicate and say, Hey, you're talented 
come on over to our company. Yeah, even you know what I mean? Or not. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But even that, yeah. though, right? If, but, if the company assumes <laughs> that just the amount of money <laughs> and overhead that a potential company could save if they've been successful working remote. Yeah. We have, uh, I, there is one reason why companies have a no work from home policy. There's only one reason, <laughs> one reason alone. Yep. They don't trust their employees. That's a control. Yeah. And it's control. It's that's control. the yeah. only, that's the only mm-hmm. reason if that role is able to be completed and managed or, and number two, they don't know how to manage remote workers. Right. That could also be the challenge too, Mm -hmm. which we can resolve. We can help with that. Right. It's Um, usually the control is the first. I I can't, I got to have them where I can see them, you know, and, oh, well, I manage by walking around, which I think is a really great way to manage, Mm -hmm. except there are still ways to do that virtually. Sure there are. Mm-hmm. And there are things we can learn to really make that interactive happen, right? To make that interaction happen. And, and, and I get it. And I understand, I understand that. And, I, and there are differences. It's just like teaching. Yeah. Well, teaching um, and instructing online is different than doing it in a classroom. Uh, however, as leaders, we are responsible to be able to pivot, to be able to flex, be flexible, uh, to, to learn what we don't know. That's our role. That's our job. That's who, that's what we took on. Uh, and if your employees are all shouting out the same thing, it might be something to look into uh, is to find out a better way to continue to rebuild the culture. Cause I believe that we're going through a rebuild process. Many companies will be going through rebuilds right now yep. on understanding, Hey, well, this doesn't quite work then. What do we do now? There's yeah. a rebuild there. And yeah. uh, that's where we come in. There's so much vocalization, which is going to cause pressure on how do you support your employees Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how do you support the communities and the environment? You know, it's, we've seen, I mean, remember the first, I don't know, like probably even the first few weeks of the virus with everybody, the shutdown and the cars pictures taken of cities where you could actually see things i mean talk about oh environment you know the impact of everybody driving and going to work just in that case has a real impact much less all the other impacts so how do we how do we look at that and that's i'm so glad we had this discussion today because Mm -hmm. that's what i'm taking on is how do we look at creating a work and environment where all stakeholders win, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. everyone wins? That's right. And That's right. companies are going to win. Organizations are going to win when everyone wins. This isn't about, mm-hmm. oh, you give it all, you know, you do the, all of this and you're going to lose. No, it's right. about everyone wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and, and it's it's so it gets so cliche, but it's it's true. And Sherry and I believe this to our core that it's it's all about the people that you serve. Yeah. Um, there's this there's there, there's been recently we've I've seen it a couple of places this uh, challenge on 
what servant leader, if it's servant leadership or invitational leadership, we've probably heard those, those topics before. And um, I'm going to take this opportunity to give my voice on it because, and the, the reason that some have said, and I've seen it, well, it can't be servant leadership. The word servant means it's almost like you're a slave. Well, if you take one word out of context, it can change meaning. Servant leadership means that you understand the value of your people and you're willing to serve them in a capacity that's going to grow them bigger than where they are now. Mm-hmm. Our role as a leader is to develop other leaders. That's one of our biggest responsibilities. And that is a service. Invitational leadership is similar, but what makes it different is that every stakeholder sits around to find out who has more power than the other. Let's balance out the power. Well, I'm venturing to tell you, it's not about the power at all. That's why, that's why servant leadership will always, always be the one that stands on top. I have not seen one, one study, one example where servant leadership does not end well. Yeah. <laughs> always does. And uh, so it's, it's about the people. It's about our influence. Like you mentioned earlier, Jane, and your definition of leadership, which I love. We add in the influence piece because you're not going to get that outcome without the influence you have. You're not going to get those results. Even if you empower your team by the influence you have with them, not manipulation, exactly. your yeah. influence, right? And that's really what it comes down to is how you influence other people in a way that, uh, in a positive way, that brings yeah. about results and pulls out the best of who they are and uses it for, to the advantage of themselves, but also to the benefit of the team as a whole, as a company as a whole, um, and providing them that acknowledgement of their value with the role that they're in. Yeah. Well, I think Lou, I think that's a great way to end. (laughs) 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 Yeah. This has been so great. Is there, I'll give you one last chance. Is there any last thing you want to say today? Any nuggets? Any nuggets, huh? Uh Uh, Yeah. Um, Honestly, you know, if you if you if you focus on the people the rest will follow mm-hmm. to be honest and i think that's what our a lot of our conversation happened today was being people centric um and being intentional um and not every leader can be a leader and that's okay we we need different people in different spots and that's okay yep be willing to open up and look at it from a different lens okay mm, i like that look at yeah. it from a different lens yeah well, thank you. This has been great. Thank you, Jane. Thanks thank for having you. us. We love great, having conversations yeah, like this. Conversation. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. Now is the time to reimagine your leadership. Take a minute and go to reimagineyourleadership.com and I'll call you. We'll have powerful conversations. You'll take action. Yes, there are always actions to take. Your business will expand, and I guarantee you'll have fun at the same time. I know, shouldn't it be fun? If it's not fun, why are you doing it?